going to jump into week two of our series together, Breaking Free. And I want to start with our theme verse that we kind of went over last week. And if you missed last week or weren't here, you can jump online at theradiantlife.church, go to the media, and it'll take you to that message that we kind of launched the foundation last week. But here's, here's what I love about our theme verse is it, it comes from a guy by the name of Paul, and I think a lot of us can relate to Paul because Paul was one of those guys that didn't care for Jesus. Uh, he persecuted followers of Jesus. Uh, back in Jesus' time, they nicknamed followers of Jesus the way because of Jesus' words, I am the way and the truth and the life. And so they looked at them and said, hey, they're the way. And it if said Paul wanted to stop the movement. He wanted just to crush it. And he persecuted, he voted for the death of Christians. And yet one day he had an experience with Jesus and it changed his life forever. And in the first century world, he became the greatest missionary ever known. And here he is now writing a letter. So if you ever doubted God, you ever kicked the tires of wondering, is this thing real or whatever? Paul, you can relate to the writer of this book. And he's writing to this church in Corinth. And here's our theme verse. For though we live in the world... We do not wage war as the war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish, let's read this word together, strongholds. We demolish arguments in every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. And here we are in this series talking about strongholds, those things that just get into our lives and we just can't seem to break free from it. We know our lives would be better if it just wasn't there. And so this morning, we get to look at uh, one area in particular. The next couple Sundays, what we're going to do is we're going to expose truths, or I'm sorry, expose lies, and then we're going to give you God's truth in those lies. So this morning, we're going to look at addiction. Next week, we're going to look at sexual strongholds in our lives. And then the following week, we're going to look at depression. And we're going to expose some lies, and we're going to give you God's truth, and we're going to experience freedom in Jesus' name. I believe it through and through. And here's how a stronghold is, is defined. It's a prisoner locked by what, friends? Deception. This stronghold is deceiving you. You think... That this thing has power and authority over your life, and it doesn't. It's lying to you. It's literally living life by something that's not true. It is straight from the pit of hell. If you're a follower of Jesus this morning, you have authority and power over your stronghold. The stronghold is just a device that the devil's using to put a wrench in your life and get you off track. And you may be struggling with it, but you're not absolutely bound. Listen, it's just deceiving you. And you can break free of it. And this morning, we're going to tackle addiction. Now, a lot of us, when we think of addiction, I need to set a foundation. It's not just that drug addict, that person who's shooting up cocaine. It's not just that gambler, and it's not just that person that's out soliciting sex. It's not just for the alcoholic. Addiction is a broad term, and when we look at this definition, you're going to be like, oh, that's me. That's me in some area of my life. And here's how an addiction is defined. Anything that I do 
that I don't want to do, but I won't stop doing. Addiction is anything I don't want to do, but I keep doing it. I can't stop it. I know this thing here, it's, it's bad. My life would be so much better if I just stopped doing that. If I just didn't have that anger in my life. I want to beat this anger, but I, man, I want to beat this lust in my heart, and I just can't. I know I'm going to be so much better without it, but I, I just can't stop doing it. I can't stop spending I just click on Amazon Prime, and in two days, thank the Lord, I get that package. I don't even have to leave the comfort of my living room. It's just there. But man, that's addiction. You, you know you shouldn't be swiping that credit card, swiper no swiping, but you can't. And Dora the Explorer just gave us a lesson right there. You just can't. You got to stop. I, but I, 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 I want to. I mean, watch, I just don't know how to stop doing it. It's there. I know this eating is not healthy, but I love my mint chocolate chip ice cream. I love my coffee. The fountain of heaven will be coffee, I'm just telling you. I'm telling you. You know, I love my TV. I love the internet. I love my cell phone. I love social media. Can I just be real? Some of us need to put down the phone. You're addicted to your phone. They interviewed second graders and said, what's one thing you want mom and dad to change in your house? Number one answer, I wish they would put that, they didn't use dang, but I'm going to say, they wish you'd put the dang thing away. My parents are obsessed with their phone, second graders. These are eight-year-olds, knowing exactly what mom and dad are doing. Listen, mom and dad, you have eyes watching you. You set the example. Aunts, uncles, grandparents, you ain't off the hook. Those little lives are watching you at every holiday. What are they doing? Are they paying attention to me or are they too busy on their phone? Some of us, we just got to take that phone and say, not today, devil, and put it aside. Have you ever gone a day without your phone? That's a chance. It's marvelous. Try it. Some of you are like getting freaking out right now. You're like, no way. I cannot. I'm telling you. Anything you won't want to do. How many of you know someone who's been wrecked their life because of an addiction? How many? I bet you if all of us, who all of our hands probably would be, we know somewhere, somehow that their life was just wrecked through an addiction. Here's what Paul writes, and I love Paul, and he writes to the church in Rome. These are the first generation followers of Jesus, and they're living in the city of Rome, and Paul writes to them, and here's what he says. He says, I, so I find this law at work. He's going to give you a little story of what he sees in his life. He's, he sees some good, and he's going to see some ugly. And he says this, when I want to do good. See, Paul's reminding them, there's, there's some, there, I'm actually a good guy. There's some things I do want to do good. But the problem is evil's right there with me. And from, for in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But, you know, I think a lot of us here Ooh, this afternoon, have a big butt in our lives. Maybe some physically, but literally in an analogy here too. You've got a big butt. You know, in, in your spirit, you delight in, in loving God, and I'm good, and I know it, and just praise Jesus, I'll throw my hands up and worship, but it's that thing that always trips me up. <laughs> Paul writes, but I see another law at work. 
and the members of my body. Here's what they're doing. They're waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. And look at what he calls himself. I'm a wretched man. Or what a wretched man am I? And this morning what we want to do is we want to bring some lies to the surface of addiction. Because I think we can relate to Paul. We want to do good and we want to do God's will and we love him. But... There's, some, there's a battle going on. They're waging war. My spirit wants to be with God, but my flesh is saying, I can't keep fighting this addiction or this thing I can't let go of. And we're waging, waging war inside of us. And this morning, in Jesus' name, I want us to break free of addiction, whatever that addiction is in our lives. So if you're a note taker, you're going to write, I'm going to go through about five lies real quick on addiction, and then we're going to filter it with two truths from God's word. So turn to your neighbor and say, giddy up. Turn to your other neighbor and say, write it down. All right, here we go. Five quick lies, what addiction lies to us. Number one, it becomes a part of my identity. It becomes a part of my what? Identity. See, addictions will tell you that I am what I do. I drink alcohol. I'm an alcoholic. I shop all the time. I'm a shopaholic. I like fashion. I'm a fashionista. Or whatever. That's not, I don't even know if that's a word. Listen, I, that's why I don't like telling people I'm a pastor. Never, ever. Ever. Do I, I mean, unless they actually tell me. I just say I work with people. Right? Because here's what I want them to know. They'll define me in that moment by what I do. Their attitude changes. Their cuss words turn into flowery words now. And it's just like, what? I'd just be you in front of me, all right? That's what happens. And I always say, you know what? They ask me what I do. First and foremost, I'm a follower of Jesus. And you can't take that away. Then I'm a husband. Then I'm a follower, or then I'm a father. That's who I am. I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm a husband, and I'm a father. That's what I do. Oh, what do you do for a living? Oh, I pastor a church. Then I'll tell you. But the addiction says it is who you are. Listen, you are not that thing that you do. You may have a stronghold that the devil's having a heyday in your life. You are who God sees you as, and he sees the potential inside of you. He speaks life to you. Listen, you can be free this morning. In Jesus' name, we got to live into who God created us to be, not what the world wants to tell us to be. You are a child of God above anything. You just have a stronghold that we can break free from. But that's not you. And this is what I love that we're launching here in a couple weeks uh, during the month of February is our Next Steps class. Or we call it more of an experience. We're going to run this during our second and third service. So you can come to a service and then go, go attend it. And what this do is this is going to allow you to understand God's story. And my story, the church radiant life story, and how you fit into God's story. That God's got you on mission. You're going to discover your purpose. You're going to take maybe an assessment if you want, or you can or not, and realize, wow, this is incredible. And then live into your gifting that God's given you and realize there is so much fruit and life coming from this. And you're going to get excited about it. And you're going to realize it's not what the world's throwing at me. No, 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 no. I am who Jesus says I am. I'm loved. I'm free. I'm forgiven. So you know what, the world? You can have your ways. I'm going with Jesus. And here's what's awesome about it is uh, you're going to get stuff every week. We're going to give you stuff during the second and third service if you attend. And a lot of you, hey, how do I become a member? Go through this four-weeker. Remember, just attend a service and go attend that, second or third service. And we're all on a journey, a spiritual journey. 
And what we want to do is give you a backpack to rem remind you of your journey. So this is a sweet little backpack, a little Sturgis Colors. It says change maker on it. You know, you can put your diapers in there and your little baby wipes and your makeup and a swimsuit. And well, This is a great little bag that you're going to get week one as you understand how to connect to our story and God's story. And then every other week you're going to get some little things. And here's another thing, just a little treat, a little change maker coffee cup. If you do the stuff and everything, they can go in your bag and you're, you're going to have fun. Turn to your neighbor and say, we're going to have fun. God created fun. There ought to be some fun in the church. No, listen, we take God seriously and we take sin seriously. But God is a God of fun too. And we're going to enjoy life as well. Because God created us to enjoy what he created. You're going to have fun. It's going to be awesome. You need to sign up. So grab your neighbor's handout. Grab their connection card and circle in for them. And then turn it into when the plate goes by or the basket, all right? You got to get signed up for it. It's going to be fun. I'm telling you. It's going gonna, it's gonna to change your identity and who you are. Okay, here's lie number two. When I try to quit but fail, I feel increasingly hopeless. So many times, I, Ryan, I've just tried and failed, and I can't do it. This is just who I am. I'm that thing. And it's been in my family for generations. I just won't break it. Listen to me, friends. As long as you still serve a God who raised people from the dead, there's hope still. And there is hope in your life. Don't give up. God, I, see, I think the problem is we give, we give up too soon before the miracle happens. Because we're just tired of it. I realize being tired of it. And it stinks and it's sucking the life out of you. But I'm telling you, see through it. Don't give up. Because God is in the business of giving hope to the hopeless. And we want to be that church here at Radiant Life. To give hope to those who just need hope. Just give me a glimmer of hope because my life is spiraling out of control. Here's lie number three. Any threat to my addiction becomes a threat to me. Any threat to my addiction becomes a threat to me. Don't tell me what to do. And you may have family and friends speak life into you and say, hey, you know what? Maybe you ought to change this. Or have you ever thought about this? Maybe you've had a friend or a family member say, hey, do you think you just drink too much? And you know what our answer is? I've got it under control. That is a lie from the pit of hell. You do not. That is a, the devil wants to make you think you can beat it alone. Listen, you will never beat it alone until you acknowledge it and get some people with you to fight this battle. You have to, listen, people are for you, not against you. And then all of a sudden we hear these words, and what do we do? We take a step back and say, hey, you're offending me right now, and we become defensive over the thing we hate in our lives. Listen, God's for you. God puts people in your life to speak life into you. Listen to them. Take their words and say, hey, I received them, and yeah, that may have hurt, but I'm going to take a step back, and I'm going to pray these words to God and, and let, marinate it and let God speak to me. Friend, family member, hey, thank you, because I may have blind spots, right? A threat, they're not threatening you. They're for you. God's for you. Here's two more real quick. I begin to lose my life. I begin to lose my life. So many ad addicts think that their life is spiraling out of control, and it, it, it may be. It may be. But here's truth over this lie, that God can do more in the latter part of your life than he's done in the former part. That God is still in the business 
of reconciling you to greater things. And if you think the best is just done, you're throwing into the towel. You're throwing the towel into the devil who wants to destroy you. And here's the last, real quick. I ease my pain by getting my what, friends? Your next fixed. You know what? I just, I'm suffering still. Let me just turn to that thing and I can ease my pain. No, what addicts, what addiction is, is we're actually masking something that is really under the surface. We turn to alcohol for other things. Why? Because maybe when we strip the alcohol away, there's that ugly thing that reared its head and we're like, wow. I was actually masking the pain all along because of that thing that happened to me when I was 10 years old. And I hated it. That's why I turned to things. See, then it just becomes shame upon shame upon shame. This is a temporary fix, don't get me wrong. But this will never fix all your problems. And Paul writes, Paul's going to continue on this topic, and he says this. I've tried everything and nothing helps. I mean, some of us can relate to that this morning, this afternoon. I've, I've just tried it, nothing helps. Man, I've tried church, I've tried friends, I just, I've tried it, nothing. And guess what? I'm at the end of my rope. There's just nothing left to do. Is there no one who can do anything for me? Isn't that the real question? And he's going to answer his own question. He says, the answer, thank God, is that Jesus Christ can and does. Period. Like, I wish Paul would have just stopped there and said, boom, mic drop right there. Don't give up on Jesus. Listen, he can and he does and he can set you free this morning in Jesus' name. He can set you free. He says he acted to set things right in this life of contradictions where I want to serve God with all my heart and mind, but I'm pulled by the influence of sin to do something totally different. Therefore, There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. And I just love those words. It's a great reminder that, listen, hey, you're battling something in that stronghold in your life, but listen, listen, the good news is that Jesus Christ can reconcile it and he can set you free. Can I get an amen? There we go. Love it. One quick thing. You look at all addiction. I think addiction is rooted into something very biblical. And it's just one one word of idolatry. Because here's the definition of idolatry. Anything. You name it. Anything we allowed to sit on the throne of our hearts. Other than who, friends? Than God. It's addiction. What addiction says is, little God of addiction, you're on that throne. Now, I don't find joy in God. I found joy in gambling. I find joy in just all this just other stuff, that spending and needing things, and that's where joy. No, you put that little God of addiction on the throne where God needs to sit on the throne. Here's what I want you to know. We're always a slave to whatever is on the throne of our hearts. We're always a slave to that. So let me ask you a question. Who's really sitting on the throne of your heart this afternoon? Every area. Because what I want to do is I want to dethrone the little God, the little addiction, and put the living God back on its place in your heart this morning. So how do we do that? 
two quick things, real quick. Number one, can we read these first three words together? You ready? Put God first in every area of my life. Put him first. When you wake up in the morning, give God the first. Don't go to your phone. Don't go to the internet. Give God, just say, hey, good morning, God. Thank you for breath. Thank you for that annoying alarm clock that wakes me up. But thank you that I'm here and I'm going to give you. And you know what, God? I'm glad I woke up because the devil hates me right now. I pray that you would protect me today and put people in my life that will also speak life into me. What do you want me to do in my life today, God? It's yours. It's not mine. It's yours. Begin your day that way. God first. I'm going to tell you it's going to change the way you think and you run your day. Put on worship music when you're in the shower. When you're brushing your teeth and doing your beautiful hair. Put on something that says, God, this is yours first. Listen, Facebook and social media can wait. Your emails can wait. They don't need you. You get to them when you get to them. But you need, you need God first. You need God, I, I just, I need you this morning. I need you in a powerful way. I love what Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 3. He says, but in your hearts, watch this. Set apart Christ as Lord. I mean, Paul got it. Paul's saying, listen, Christ in your heart, you need to take him and put him here. He's set apart from everything else in this world. Put him first. You got to put God first in every area of your life. Every area. Your friendships, your spending, your every addiction that you think you have. Put him first in your joy. Put God first. It's going to start there. Worship team, you can make your way up. Here's the second thing, and these, these go hand in hand. you got to put God first in every area. But the second thing is you got to say no to the flesh. we got to learn the art of saying no to ourselves. Because it's too easy to say, oh, yeah, sure, swipe. Oh, yeah, sure, pour me another drink. Oh, yeah, sure. Let me gossip because I don't like that person at my job and I just heard some negative news about them. Let me share it with everyone else. Sometimes you got to say, uh-uh, not today, flesh. You ain't getting that today. No, I'm not doing that. I can't go out to the bar because I know what my propensity is to do. I can't do it. Not today. And the more you learn the art of saying no, the easier it's going to get for you. And you're going to start an act of surrender to God. Paul wasn't done writing to the church in Rome. He wrote some good stuff in that book, in that letter, Romans. He says this, Therefore, do not let sin reign. Don't let it reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desire. Just don't do that. If you're going to learn that, you've got to start saying no to things that your flesh wants. That that stronghold inside your heart is wanting so bad. Don't let it rain. you got to say no. It says, do not offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness. But offer yourselves to God. For sin shall not be your master. you got to say no. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. How do I fix this addiction? How do I fix this, um, this stronghold in my life? How do I fix this problem? You don't work on it, you kill it. 
You crucify it. You put that thing, that stronghold and that addiction in your life to death. Get it out of there. And here's what I know as I wrap this entire message up this, this afternoon. Is what I starve dies. We just know that in life, right? If I don't eat, I'm going to wither away. You don't feed your plant, it's going to die. What I starve dies. Watch this, friends. But what I feed thrives. What are you feeding this morning and what are you starving? We got to start feeding God's word into our lives and getting our prayer life right. And we got to start killing off the strongholds and addictions in our lives. Start starving it. Why is it always resuscitating? Listen, because you haven't gone all in yet. A part of you wants it to continue to feed because that's all you've known. That's how you've coped with that thing. You want to beat it? Go all in for Jesus. You can't have one foot in the boat and one other and hope, all right, Jesus, let's go. Listen, that boat starts moving, you're tipped over. Ryan, Christianity's never worked. It won't work if you're only giving God a part of who you are. As I wrap up, here's what Romans says in Romans 12. Fix your attention on God. Listen, you'll be changed from the inside out. Isn't that what we want to do with our strongholds, the things that we just don't like and we keep doing? Readily recognize what he wants from you. Watch this. And quickly respond to it. Don't, because evil is right there on your doorsteps. Quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. Listen to this. God brings the best out of you. Because God is for you. God wants to see you prosper and have the life that he bled and died for. And he'll develop a well-formed maturity in you. Friends, we're going to ever beat an addiction in our lives, no matter how little or how big. What I saw, God.